At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Fast Money starts right now. Live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Dan Nathan, and Guy Dami. Tonight, Facebook soaring into the close and reports that the FTC has approved a $5 billion fine for the social media giant. Is the worst finally over for this stock? Plus, Johnson & Johnson not out of the woods yet. The DOJ launching a criminal probe into what the company knew about the cancer risk in its baby powder. We'll tell you why there could be more pain ahead. But first, we start off with a judgment day for the markets. It was a record week on Wall Street. Stocks soaring to all-time highs as earnings get ready to kick into full gear next week with the banks ready to report. But also names like Netflix, Microsoft, IBM all on deck. So will earnings season spark another leg of the rally, or could it derail this market? Guy Dami. Well, I mean, here I'm going to say it's going to derail it because I've been obviously bearish. I think the markets roll over incorrectly for quite some time. But for the life of me, I can't believe that earnings, you're going to be able to build momentum from what we've seen on the back of earnings, which at best is going to be tepid. We've seen the pre-announcements. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe guidance will be good. Maybe we'll get some surprises. But in my world, earnings can only disappoint given we're at all-time highs in the S&P. Can it hurt, though? I think you just answered on the last side. I don't think it could hurt. Really? So, so, yeah, because I, don't we all know what's going to happen? They're going to kitchen sink it. Right? I don't think kitchen sinks out there. Right? I, I, well, I, they're going to blame I, it on they're going to blame it on trade. They're going to blame it on anything that you could imagine. And I think the earnings, the estimates have ratcheted in or the consensus have come in enough. They come in for the second could, quarter, but not for third quarter, back half of the year. Second half of the year, 2H, which, which I think, you know, for some people actually had, had been uh, started to be a place where they had been building some momentum. I, look, I think for the banks, uh, I, I actually don't think the banks of all the different sectors that they that are reporting. The banks obviously are the headline, but also I think the banks are the least likely to talk about pressures on their business relative to the others. In other words, banks have a core consumer lending business. They, ha- they certainly have uh, a net interest margin business. They have a capital markets business. In fact, if you think about what's been going on on Wall Street, you've had some volatility. You've had a great IPO calendar. I actually think that the capital markets business, the FIC business might be okay. So when, when we look for reasons to, to be buying on earnings, I think banks typically, remember, we usually get, we've outperformed on Citi, we've outperformed on J.P. Morgan, and there have been reasons to buy those things in the first couple of days. You know, we have had a couple of banks who have actually already warned on FIC in second quarter, so that's kind of in the market right now. Um, you know, I just mentioned one thing, J.P. Morgan, I think we had a chartist on last night talking about the potential for a breakout. I mean, 120 is a massive, massive level for this thing. And I do believe that if it were to meaningfully break out on earnings that were better than expected, that may take a lot of the banks with it. I just want to make one point. If you go back to January 2018, the first, when we had that all-time high, we had that ramp into Q for reporting season, Q4 of 2017, what happened in February. We flushed after that. Then we get, got back. We made a new high in October. You know what that was? That was Q3 reporting season. What did we do? We flushed last October from a new high this past April. 
What did we have May? We had a horrible May. That came right after Q1 earnings season. So here we are. We're up 10%. We make new highs every day. And now people are discounting everything and really complacent. I'm just saying. But it, it, is, about, it is about the Fed. I, I, I mean, we, we've learned this week it's about the Fed. But to Tim's point about net interest margins, that accounts for 50% of these bulge bracket banks' revenue. I think you're going to make it up. You have IPO that were strong and you have mortgages. Um, you have mortgages that are strong. Other than that, it's not a lot. The banks are good. But some would argue that the banks don't necessarily set the tone for, for a lot of earnings season. I mean, they're a good read-through. You want to hear what they say about the economy. You want to say what they, hear what they say about global tensions and all that stuff. But in yeah. terms of how everything else trades after banks, I, I agree. They can, they can be very. That's my point. I think yeah. actually banks right. are the ones that keep you the, the most away from the fray. I actually want to hear what Jamie Dimon says about the economy. I think mm-hmm. they have their finger on the pulse. Um, but but to Dan's point, look, you, you're at a place where you, you've got relative strength indicators on the Dow Jones that are you're over 80. You know, you, this is the highest it's been in terms of momentum for the overall market, going, and let alone going into an earnings season since the famed Jan 26, 2018 blow off top. So, so, you know, we are at a place where I, I do think that the markets move into earnings is as important as yes. the expectations people have. Yeah. And what are we going to hear? What are we going to listen for in earnings? It's interesting. Can I give you an interesting name on Monday right off the, off not the bat? Not before Why are you the bell. You're doing it. Not. Sorry. Not, <laughs> you not before the bell. After the bell. And we never bring up this name. Maybe you do it on OA from time to time, which, by the way, I will be on in about a half hour. I can't wait. J.B. Hunt. Oh, I knew it. Oh, yeah. Really I knew because I was looking at the list JB before Hunt, I knew you were going to say the close on, Now, here's the stock. There was $130 stock last July. It's had a miserable year. As Not most a, of the truckers have. Exactly. And you wonder what they say because, listen, this is a bellwether stock, for the, I believe, for the broader economy. Now, you can say FedEx is FedEx-specific. Maybe that's true. But if J.P. Hunt comes out and says some lousy things, makes you really wonder where but we are. But don't we know What have you been sleeping the last few weeks? We've been we doing know. the Dow transports. <laughs> We've been saying the rails are killing it. Your, the airlines a lot of your are airlines good. are doing well. The FedEx and the UPS are bad. But the, the freighters. Are, yeah, we, we got this, buddy. I mean, we got Look, it. Okay, I go gave back you a specific name, though, Dan. Yeah. But we think that the economy is slowing, right? We heard that from Jay Powell, right? We've heard that that the economy is slowing. So I'm not really sure what in the earnings is going to shock us. That's why I said I don't think it could hurt at this point. I think it only help because that's why he's cutting rates. So if the economy is getting worse, that only bolsters the rate cut story. Yeah, but well, I, listen, I, and, and I know some of you guys might agree with me. I, I actually don't think you can quote Jay Powell right now on, on, on why he's doing what he's doing. I think they, the Fed has lost a tremendous amount of credibility. And I know Guy's going to say this Fed also, you know, throw it on the heap. Of the, but the reasons why he's saying he's cutting rates are not the reasons why, you know, we just don't get it. He's got bullied into Could have said thing. those reasons No, but look at all the inflation ago. data we saw, t- you know, just this week. Look, I don't think there's just- any surprise about where the economy is, okay, and, and where the macro is. Everybody knows that. I, I think, you know, go to a name like FedEx, which was up over 3.5% today, the transports, which were up 2.5% today. That, that tells you that people are reassessing a little bit about their positioning on these names. Right. I'm not telling you that anything's going to be that great. I don't think you can. Yeah. Well, you know what? But- FedEx got the Kramer bump. I mean, I think Jim did a big thing on it on that money last night, and it's actually good because when everybody wants to talk about 
three consecutive downgrade, you know, d- uh, yeah. downward guidance, that sort of thing. It's sometimes it's really nice for someone to say, hey, listen, this is the valuation of this thing. This is the opportunity set. Yes, the headlines have been bad competitively, you know, global growth wise, all that sort of stuff. But it's a cheap stock run by a very good management. Um, and, you know, it's better risk reward to be still buying looks it here. It's only up 4% well, except it's year bang to along the bottom right. and, and it's trying to put a bottom in. And, and, and I guess really one thing that's really important is that they're trying to be cautiously optimistic. So, Mel, when you say, what are we going to hear from managements over the next couple of weeks? They have to justify. They can't kitchen sink. There's no mulligans here with the stock market at all-time highs. They kind of have to justify where they are, and they have to tell a good story, and they have to look out more than a quarter and say We've what it looks like. We've seen CEOs blame trade, though. Whenever they yeah. are at a loss for anything, they're blaming trade. And I don't think this will be anything different than what we've seen. I think there, there are going to be a lot of new nuances in this earnings season, though. I mean, when we got Fastenal and their earnings report came out, they blamed the China tariffs. They said they were able to pass on some price mm-hmm. increases to offset most of the impact from the tariffs. But they're, they're actually seeing inflation in raw materials themselves. So that price increase can offset all of the the rise that they're seeing because of tariffs plus actual inflation. So if there is actual inflation, I mean, this is going to so educate us on how we think about the economy. And it's going to, and, and, and how we think about companies and how we think about their margins yes. in the second half. So if you think about that CPI number that we had out yesterday, you were up four-tenths of a percent on core that was goods and services. So you actually saw it higher in goods than you saw even the overall core. It actually is the first time. Here we are saying we haven't seen any sign of, of, of inflation from tariffs, and you had it in CPI. So I think companies need to start talking about it. It's interesting. We started this morning, 6 a.m. 6 a.m. We right now. Wow. Francis Dance. Yeah. All over the map. All over bro. the map, bro. Don't bro <laughs> me, bro. Nice, bro. But it's interesting. <laughs> Hard hitting our interview with Peter Navarro. Yes. And you listen to him. He actually said something that was he said a lot of interesting things, but mm-hmm. the China US talks called it a quiet period. Yes. Is that code for we we ain't talking? I mean in or my we, world we've got nothing going we've on. We've got nothing going in your on. Your house so guy, what's a what's a quiet, quiet period? Quiet period is not a good thing. <laughs> Typically not out. a good thing. You don't want to be in a quiet yes. period. You're sleeping but on the my, couch. But again, my period. point is I don't think we're any closer to a deal now than we were six months ago. I think we might be further and if you're banking on a rally getting uh, accelerated by this deal, I don't think it's coming. Yeah. The dollar is also going to be a big issue. We've heard it from FedEx, from Nike, from a, lot, a few companies that have reported so far. Pepsi. It, it, it will be. You know, the dollar was, was, had an interesting week as well because the minute the Fed started really reaffirming some things, you, you got some dollar weakness. But then we, we've had this turnaround in rates and yields, and you, you've had this sense that people are actually looking at this as, as possibly a, a stronger dollar environment. In fact, 112 against the euro, you're, you're actually seeing the dollar start to reassert itself. Frankly, the dollar's been a non-event. If you hear a company telling you that the dollar's impacted their last three to six months, it's, it's hard for me to see that because mm. FX new. Um, should really be, you know, dollar flat over six months. Which company are you looking at next week? Um, well, we're going to talk Netflix on the OA with Guy. Um, right. You know, I, I, listen, I think the banks are really important. And I know that you just made the point, Mel, that they don't always set the same tone for the rest of the um, economy. But remember here, they are the lifeblood of the economy. And if you do believe that things are slowing and that the, the economy in the second half is going to have a worse time than it had in the first half, you really want to hear what they have to say. And I just go back to the regional the regional banks, the KRE, that index. It just can't Worst chart you've ever seen? Well, it's possibly. one of the worst charts in I've ever world. seen. Okay, it's just, when you think about the S&P makes new highs every day and you look at – J.P. Morgan, the best of breed, looking to finally break out of this prior double top, and the KRE can't get going. That's why I think the money center banks and how they react to their earnings are going to be very important next week. Coming up, Netflix, one of the big names reporting next week. As we had mentioned, the stock is up 40% this year. One trader thinks new highs are ahead. Plus, healthcare sinking 2% today as a DOJ launches a criminal probe into Johnson & Johnson. We'll tell you what it means for the stock. And later, a CNBC special investigation. I will take you inside the $70 billion black market for cannabis. 
We are live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome back to Fast Money. Reports saying the Federal Trade Commission has slapped Facebook with a $5 billion settlement over the company's Cambridge Analytica scandal in 2018, the largest fine ever imposed by the FTC against a tech company. The stock jumping into the close as it looks like the company dodged an even heftier fine. So is the worst over for Facebook? Tim? Well, some, some might say this is a $5 billion slap on the wrist. Now, this, this was actually at the high end of all expectations. This was not a number that, that, that was early on part of, uh, you know, kind of the whisper numbers. Um, so we, we, we've talked about Facebook needing to, to basically appeal to, to Washington and, and throw themselves accountable. Um, the bigger issue for me is really how, how can Facebook begin to measure the cost to their overall business from security and, and, and from programming? And, and, you know, so far it's been proven to be less about sentiment towards the company. Um, but I, I think this has to be seen as a victory. Well, no, I, I mean, maybe. But, like, you know, back in June 3rd, remember when Facebook was trading 180 and two trading days it went to 160 because the DOJ and the FTC were going to divide up the mega caps, the magas, and, and see what they're going to investigate. And at least that's what was being reported at the time. And that stock went flush down. I don't. There's no reason to but believe. But isn't this a settlement? There's isn't no this? reason to believe that this settlement has to do with the, that. Was they're, anti they're different things. monopolistic sort of practices. This is for the the misuse of data that you know goes back years. So to me, I think it's really hard to take a 401 headline from the Wall Street Journal and and paint it with a broad brush that. This is it. it. Definitely spiked up based on "quote unquote" closure, but it did spike to overbought status on a relative strength indicator. It's already up 56 percent, and now it has another target on its back with crypto. So I think they got a lot of stuff behind them, and they have a new target in front of them. So I would say sell on the strength. At the very I, least, the FTC is off their back for now. Yeah, and you know, he's probably, well, I shouldn't say that, but they're probably laughing all the way. They're saying, and Kristen Swilinski, one of our crack producers, producers yeah, she said, you know, isn't it just the cost it. of doing business? And she's in my ear, and she's right. It's the cost of doing business for them. But to Steve's point, I mean, you had the president coming down on these guys. You had Mark Cuban coming down on these guys. You had this headline, stock closes up almost 2%. And I'll say it again, I, I don't want to like, I do not want to like Facebook. I still think it's going to test that high we saw last July of 224. The head of Libra is going to the Hill next week. But I think the Libra so. thing is really important because when yeah. you think about this started coming back from that 165 level once the, the Libra stuff started trickling out over the last month and a half or so. And you have to ask yourself, what is in it for that? Um, you know, that's something that is not going to be in their earnings or anything for a very, very long time. So as you get to July 24th when these guys report their Q2 and they give guidance, I mean, how much of this move, 25% or 30% since early June has to do with Libra, and I don't think you want to own it for that right now. All right. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. I just love television so much. We all do. Yes, that's true. And a record number of people are binging on Netflix. We'll tell you what it means for the stock as the streaming giant gets ready to report earnings. Plus, Weed Killers. We'll take you inside the $70 billion black market that's crippling the legal cannabis business. Our special report is next. 
There's much more Fast Money after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Welcome back to Fast Money. A big buzzkill today for Johnson & Johnson falling 4% after the Justice Department revealed it was pursuing a criminal investigation into the company for possibly lying about the cancer risks associated with its talcum powder. The stock dragging down the rest of the healthcare space today, capping off an eventful week where Trump also pulled a key proposal aimed at eliminating rebates for drugs. Healthcare is still the worst performing sector this year, but... Could things get even worse for this group, Dan? You know, it's funny. We were just talking about Facebook. We were just talking mm -hmm. about FTC settlement, and it's kind of really hard to know when things are out of the way. I think Johnson & Johnson, a really good example, back in December when that stock was at an all-time high and flushed on when this uh, news of this start, started happening. It's really kept a lid on this stock. This is a $350 billion market cap company, and I think it's really important to remember that stocks do have single stock risk. You know, right now, I think we are pretty complacent thinking about the S&P going to all-time highs, but Tim, you flagged it last night with some of these pharma names. You had Lilly at a level. I think you said one ten, it was 105 this morning on the opening. You know, So some of these groups that don't have a lot of support right now are underperforming the market. I think there's risk to them. Well, when Johnson & Johnson had that flush, again, it was also another one of those surprises that the market wasn't expecting. This was a period when actually markets didn't need another uh, stalwart and, and certainly a backstop stock to fall out of bed. I, I do think this about Johnson & Johnson. Relative to its peers and relative to the multiple that they get uh, on their pharma business, effectively, uh, I think it trades quite cheap. And I I think they have more growth than their peers. I think when you look at the diversification of this conglomerate, um, there's there's other places for these guys to mitigate this. I ultimately, I, I think you have an opportunity here. You don't have it today. It's clear that there's still you know you know a lot of regulatory risk. But I, this this company is again one of the best of breed, and I I don't think you run terribly far. There, there's very few things that are bipartisan today in in Congress and in D.C. Bipartisan is the hate for health care and anything about it. So you intro the segment with it's underperformed. Where do you go? Biotech is underperformed. HMOs have underperformed. The rebate chase. All these names have underperformed. I think you stay away from it. July 16th, which I believe is Monday, or is it Tuesday? That's when Johnson Johnson reports. Mm. And Dan is looking at a chart because I have eagle eyes. I was very good at looking over my my partner's shoulder in the high yes. school yeah, we remember. Uh -huh. to get answers. And that 148 level that Dan's <laughs> looking at was a high back in January of 18, December of 2019, major double tops. They report this stock probably has that 124 level, which had bottomed out June of this year, right in the crosshairs. All right. Well, going from buzzkill to getting a little buzz, the mm. booming pot industry has taken investors in the country by storm, but unlicensed cannabis dispensaries are a growing threat to legal sales. CNBC investigated how the black market dispensaries are crippling the industry. It's a weekday afternoon in Los Angeles the epicenter of cannabis in the United States. 
this busy dispensary is open for business. Hi. But if everything looks normal, it isn't. This is, in fact, an unlicensed, illegal dispensary, part of the booming black market in California and around the country. It's what the cannabis industry says could be the biggest threat to sky-high expected revenues. Case in point, California. Early projections of more than $1 billion in annual cannabis tax receipts in 2018 are far from the $345 million collected. That's in large part because the illegal market can easily undercut the costs of running licensed dispensaries. It's not hard to see how. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Go. A team of CNBC producers equipped with hidden cameras visited 10 illegal dispensaries throughout L.A. Most aren't hard to find, and they're open day and night. This is exactly why legal store owners like Cameron Wald, executive vice president of Project Cannabis, is outraged at how bold the black market has become. We're facing, especially in California and, and L.A. specifically, an illicit market that is extremely strong. We're outnumbered three to one um, illicit operator to legal operator. So, you know, we have outrageous price compression that we have to see at our stores. How much easier do you think it is to operate as an illegal dispensary compared to what you go through? It's a lot easier. They have no compliance standards. They had no permitting process. They had no documentation, no, no legal process that they had to go through. So they're breaking the law, potentially threatening the health of consumers, and they're threatening your business. Correct. And they're doing this in plain sight. In plain sight. We should note that our producers did not buy anything from the illegal dispensaries, which didn't respond to our repeated requests for comment. There are 186 licensed dispensaries in L.A. with more than 250 illegal ones, according to authorities, but no one knows the exact number. For more on this story, you can head on over to CNBC.com. But at the heart of this, Tim, is, is the assumption that when, when there are all these forecasts being made, that there is a belief that these black market dollars will be converted into legal dollars. And if that capture isn't 100 percent, those forecasts may be off. Yeah, look, so, so the, the, the total market, both uh, legal and illicit globally, is probably about $450 billion. But get back to the United States and get back to uh, Section 280E, which is a, essentially a tax code issue with the IRS, which means that legal dispensaries um, are not able to deduct standard you know, cost of sales and goods sold. They, they can't make money. They can't be profitable. Uh, and they've been put in such a bad position. So if you think about uh, the dynamics between also, look, it's the best of both worlds for the, for the illicit trade. You think, think of the perception trade. Think about actually the, the possession laws that have actually gotten to No one really cares about cannabis anymore. In other words, it's not illegal. It's not illegal to have it. It's not illegal to smoke it. So suddenly these, you know, these forces really have a, a broader market and, and yet they don't have the cost. So this is one of the big issues. The taxation itself, though, is one of the things that's driving prices higher and yes. driving the consumer to illicit. So it's, it's coming from both sides. And it's, it's you know, for, for the legal business that wants regulation and, and actually wants to deliver mm -hmm. and is delivering a safer product, this is a big deal. In California, there are three taxes that dispensaries must pay, a cannabis tax, an excise tax, and a sales tax. And all that plus licensing and testing fees, et cetera, um, that allows the illegal dispensaries to charge Honestly. about 40 percent less than legal dispensaries. The question, though, is do you know what you're getting? Because the city attorney launched investigations, they tested some product, and they found, in one case at least, uh, a pesticide that's used on golf courses to make the grass greener on this weed. 
So, so I watched a little bit of, of your of your piece already. It sounds like they are cracking down. It sounds like ultimately they are going to get to that end case, and we're going but to know what the real market is. So it's if a there is a thousand dollar fine, Grasso, a thousand dollars is the max penalty on these. Ask guy for a thousand right now. Bang, uh, what, done. What? Final trade time, Tim. <laughs> so at the risk of talking about an ancillary industry, let's go to Domino's, and who reports next week. And actually, I think DPZ continues to have the growth on the international market that you want to see right now. Steve. GE been forming a base. I'm going to go back to that well once again GE final trade Dan yeah, yeah Netflix stick around we'll talk about how to play it no way I can't wait for OA yeah well, no, I didn't know it's it was going to be on OA until earlier today Carter Carter is sick he's probably watching I so hope he feels we should better. hope Carter feels better all right Carter if rates are going higher stealthily Prudential and earnings on the 31st that does it for us see you back here Monday don't move options actions up right after this Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.